1: Hello, I'm Pastor Draper of Maranatha Bible Church, and in light of the recent virus from China and looking at the devastating impact, displaced, despondent, in pain, in confusion, not knowing where to go, I want to preach a message entitled, Starting Over. This is a special message that you really don't want to miss Because the reality of life is that sooner or later all of us have to start over. After the death of a loved one uh, not passing a course a failed marriage a bad decision on and on it goes. Life will put us in position where we will have to start over. I will be preaching from Genesis chapter 7 and 8, lessons and insights from the life of Noah. Fasting and prayer revives us. It awakens us spiritually, uh, which fasting and prayer makes us alive. Fasting and prayer restores and ignites fire and passion in believers who are dry. There are believers who are dull and lukewarm Fasting and prayer ignites the fire of God in our soul. During these 40 days of fasting and prayer, it is urgent that we come out on Wednesday nights, starting this coming Wednesday, and be determined to pray and study God's word together as a church family. Jesus did not lose focus of his mission, which God commissioned him to do while on earth. He did not lose sight of his mission. Jesus, when he was on earth, he did not try to overthrow the government and start a revolution. When Jesus was on earth, he did not instruct his disciples to rebel and not pay their taxes. When Jesus was on earth, he did not instruct his disciples to riot, loot and attack people. As a matter of fact, in the garden, when Peter pulled out his sword and cut off one of the soldier's ear, Jesus said, now put your sword up. That's not the way I'm going now. I got to go to the cross. And he took that ear that Peter had cut off, picked it up. He was, that man was earless and won his ear and put it back on. And God did ear surgery. Hey, did ear surgery. He said, no, where I'm going, you can't fight your way through I'm I'm on a higher order. I have a higher mission. I, I, I didn't come to attack people. I did not come to burn and tear down Galilee. I didn't come to burn and tear down and loot Capernaum. I did not come to burn and tear down and loot Cana. I did not come to burn and tear down and loot Caesarea Philippi. I didn't instruct you to go into Jericho and mess up the place. Jesus stayed in the Father's will and refused to be swayed by any movements. He refused to be swayed by any social agendas. He refused to be swayed by any political things that we are confronted with today. Beloved, Jesus came to do the Father's will and we have been commissioned to do the will of Jesus in the best of times and the worst of times to the God of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Well, you say, we we have come to do the will of the Father. Pastor Draper, can you tell me just what the will of the Father is? I can give you about 20, but I'll give you about five because that's all you can take about now. So let me give you about five of the things that God uh, told us to do through Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, God God the father does not become our father until we accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior. You don't even have a right to call him father until you first come to Christ. And then when you come to Christ, then you can say our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. Give us this day our daily bread and on and on it goes. You don't even, you don't have a right to call him daddy until you first accept Jesus once you accept Jesus, then you have a right to say, our Father. Daddy. What was the will of the Father for Jesus? And his will should be our will as well. Well, Jesus came to save sinners. First Timothy 1:15 says, The same is trustworthy. And deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Listen, you don't have to worry about me running for any kind of political office. I have no desire. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I have too much on my plate at Maranatha. I leave that for for the people who are not pastoring. Everybody can't pastor, you know. So I need to stay what God has gifted me to call. And then when I get through working on you through the word of God, then you say I'll be, I'll be the senator. I'll be the judge. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll be the mayor. You know, I, I'll be this, I'll be, you, you, you'll You. be, you. I'll be the chief of police, I'll be the mayor, because you are called, I can't do it all, I am, you know my position is, y'all, yeah, in Ephesians, my responsibility is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry, that's biblical, that's my responsibility, I'm to equip you, as a matter of fact, I have the highest position In the land of America, my position is even higher than the president of the United States of America. That's right. Because when the church get on fire, when the church wake up, when the church rise and shine and be about the father's business, we can turn this nation upside down for God. And people will take note that we have been with Jesus. That's right. I'm going to stand tall behind the pulpit. I know my place and I'm going to equip you and, and inspire you and teach you. And when God get a hold of you, you say, I'll go over here, pastor. And I'll be the judge over here. God is calling me to be this over here. And we'll say go and we stand with you and we support you and we back you. And you just be a Christian in the realm of which God has called you to serve. What was the will of the father for Jesus to bring light in a dark world? To bring light to a dark world. John twelve forty six says, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. We are to let our light, the light of Christ, so shine before people. And in this dog volatile nation that people will see the good works of God through us and then glorify God in heaven. We are to shine. We are. We're not to be under a bushel. We're not to be in some kind of closet. We are to shine brightly in a dark nation. What was the will of of the father for Jesus to bear witness to the truth, to bear witness to the truth. John 1837 says, then Pilate said to him, so, so you are king. Jesus answered, you say that I am king for this purpose. I was born and for this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. That's what we've come to do to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who who is of the truth listens to my voice. We're to bear witness of the truth. We're not to talk about what they're saying on the view. You know, we're not we're not supposed to be following every jot and tittle of some celebrity. Uh, even basketball coaches and superstars. Everybody want to tell us how things ought to go. I don't need you to tell me how to go. The word of God tells me what to do and how to do it and when to do it and what not to do. I don't need you to validate me and my mission. The word of God, this book has already given me my my mandate, My mandate. And I don't need anybody to show me, well, here's what we ought to do. I don't, no, you don't. Here. This Bible tells me what I ought to do, and I'm going to stick to what got me here. This Bible has power and direction. If you're just tuning in to the Maranatha broadcast, Pastor Draper is in the midst of a series entitled Starting Over. Let me tell you something. What was the will of the father for Jesus? The will of father for Jesus was for Jesus to give eternal life. John 316 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When I'm sitting in a restaurant, when I'm going here, when I'm going there, I ask waiters and I ask people, if I'm in a cleaners, wherever I am, if I'm in a line, I, I, I find a way to get to to get to Jesus. To get to Jesus. Oh, so many opportunities to get folk to Jesus. Another thing was to preach the gospel, to preach the gospel. Uh, it's not entertainment. It's not showboating. It's, it's, it's not socials and teas and banquets. It's to preach the gospel. Luke chapter four, verses 18 through 19 and verse 43 says, The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty. You know what liberty is? Freedom to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at Liberty, those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. God called me when I was 18 to preach the gospel. I ran like a Jonah until I was about 27. Then he, uh, then I surrendered once he got through with me. Then he dispatched my wife and I from Houston to San Antonio, and we've been we've been given leadership here spiritually ever since. I came here to preach. And I've preached in all kinds of pulpits, all over the country, in all kinds of conventions and everything else. I preached overseas in many countries. In many countries. I've preached. And I preach. I preach and stood in pulpits as the first black to ever stand in various pulpits and preach the gospel. My wife will witness when we walk in some churches, they are not used to see us on television, but we so far and so way up there where black folk are not hardly ever around and they feel in on us, and they look at, they want to see, I guess they're thinking we're going to change colors, they want to see if it's going to come off, or so. but they were just curious, and they want to take pictures with us, because they haven't had blacks to just come in their church and minister to them, and to be able to be privileged to go into those churches way up yonder there, in various places. I've been all up in Russia preaching, all all in, down in New Zealand, and all these down and under, all these places preaching the gospel. How did I get there? I stayed the course preaching the gospel. Your gift will make room for you when you're serious about God and living holy for God. God will make room for you. But now if you don't have nothing, he's not going to send you anywhere. Yeah. Not going to say, Ooh, that man's witnessing back there. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Now, number four, in starting over, if you desire to be successful in starting over, You must be resilient and resolute in the midst of fear, bad news and setbacks. If you desire to be successful in starting over, you must be resilient and resolute in the midst of fear, bad news and setbacks. James 1 12 says, blessed is the man who remains what steadfast. You know what steadfast means? Let me just pop there because some of y'all just jot in your Bible steadfast means to endure. Steadfast means to persevere. Means to persevere. To bear up under pressure. You know what steadfast means to hold fast to one's faith under trials. Did you get that? It means to hold fast to one's faith in Christ. Under trials for when he has stood the test, he will or she will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. If you allow your life to be driven by the news media, social media, if you allow your life to be driven by politics, stock market, unemployment, uh, numbers, COVID numbers, anarchy and insurrection and not follow the Holy Spirit and the word of God to guide us, to strengthen us and to give us wisdom in the midst of turbulent times. You will become a spiritual casualty and drift away from the Lord and his church. Don't be dismayed by what you see. I mean, get a good grip on God and hold on. Some of y'all were saying, oh, if we could just get out of 2020. Oh, all right, we out. We out. Now look at what we're looking at. And now you're wondering what's next. I I don't even want to ask what's next. I I really don't want to know what's next. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we Drift away from it. There are people who are drifting away from God, drifting away from the church. It's a time of sifting. People are leaving the church. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about leaving because they have an underlying condition or because of issues in their life and health. I'm talking, people, they've been out of church so long until they're disconnected, and they don't even have any plans to go back to church. It's not even in them. The desire has gone. How can you turn from God in the midst of a pandemic when you need the God of God, the King of kings, the Lord of Lord, to keep you in the midst of turbulence, in the midst of pandemic, in the midst of trials, and you're going to give up to God? You got to be crazy to give up on God right now. You must not let nothing separate you from the love of God. I'm going to hold on until my change come. Until my change come. Until my change come. I'm going to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. Number five. As we launch into a new year, use your failures as an asset and not a liability. Take responsibility without blaming others. As we launch into a new year, use your failures. You say, I haven't failed. Yeah, you failed because you're lying now. That's fail. That's failure. Lying is a failure. <laughs> as we launch into a new year, use your failures as an asset and not a liability. Take responsible without blaming others. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for the righteous falls seven times and rises again. But the wicked stumble in times of calamity. Yeah, there'll be times you miss Mr. Mark, times you'll fall, don't throw yourself an eternal pity party. Get up! Get up. If you fall seven times, that means fall one time. Get up. Two times. Get up. Three times. Get up. Four times. Get yourself on up. Now, it's a song I don't like. It's, it's, it's in there. It's called "We Fall Down, But We Get Up." Now that that that, that song talks too much about falling down, <laughs> and not enough about getting up. And trusting God and moving on. I don't want to. I, I don't. I, I don't want to be forever falling. As you walk in Christ, you ought to be falling fewer times now than you were fifteen years ago. You still you've fallen seven times. You said, "Well, I'm falling fourteen times now." Something is wrong. In your falling, you need to be walking and standing by now. What what y'all laughing at? Genesis chapter 3, 12 through 13 also says, Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to me, be with me. She gave me of the tree and I ate. It's her fault. (laughs) Verse 13. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, Oh, it wasn't me, Lord. It was a serpent. That serpent deceived me. And I went on and just ate. Beloved, if you desire to have a successful year, then you must take personal responsibility for your own actions. All of us have failed God. Every one of us. I have time and time again. All of us have failed ourselves. Self-defeat is the worst kind of defeat because you don't learn your lessons. And we've all failed others. This is called life. You will have success and there will be some failures. It's called life. We have all sinned against God with our thoughts, with our deeds, with our words. We've all sinned against God in our lifestyle, in sexual immorality. We've sinned against God with our words, our tongue, our pride. We've sinned against God in our anger, in our unforgiveness, in our addictions. We've sinned against God in our rebellion. And so much more. Many have also failed in a job interview. Get up. Some of you have failed. You didn't make the sports team. You you didn't you didn't get the team. Somebody else beat you out at that position. Get up. Some of you didn't pass a major exam. Try again. Some of you failed at trying to obtain a certification that doesn't define you. Some of you tried to qualify for a new home. Get your credit report right. Reposition yourself and go try to qualify again. Don't just say that's over. No, no. Get up. Get up. Try again. Refuse to be defeated. Therefore, learn life lessons from your failures as well as from the failures of others. I learned many lessons from the failures of others. Oh, thank you. Holy Ghost. Never rejoice in the calamity of others. Even if you think they deserved it. Now that's big. He just or she just got, he should have known that was coming good for him. Now you be careful because you don't know what's heading your way. Don't you dare. Rejoice in the calamities of others, even if you think they deserve it. Leave room for God to be judge. You just try to get your own life in order. Amen? Because if you learn from your failures, it will propel you to the next level in your life this year. Number six, integrity is so crucial. Integrity is so crucial for starting over. You won't have a good year if you lack integrity. Your, listen at this. Your skill set may get you to the top, but it will take integrity to keep you at the top. Did you get somebody? Oh, I made it my degree. I'm 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 the head of a law firm, the accounting firm, I'm I'm the head doctor in charge, I'm the big time attorney. You can get there. But it takes integrity to keep you there. Proverbs eleven three says the integrity of the upright guides them, but the crooked of the treacherous destroys them. We are in the midst of an integrity crisis in our nation and world. The words of many people today do not mean anything. They will lie and deceive you with a straight face. They will almost they will also cheat. They will lie. They will still possess ill motives. They will scheme, manipulate to gain advantage over you to promote themselves. Psalms 25, 21 says may integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait for you. And So many lost their integrity because of an inability to wait on God. Beloved, sin never works out. And it will hinder you from having a successful year. Number seven, possessing an unshakable, unwavering faith and confidence in Christ is the best way to start off a new year. Possessing a what? Unshakable, unwavering faith and confidence in Christ It's the best way to start off a new year. Romans chapter four, verses 20 and 21 says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Beloved, if you possess a, a wavering faith, you will struggle you will doubt the promises of God if you're wavering and you're not glorify and please the Lord. Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There is no adversity that comes into our lives that God cannot bring you through if you are resting and holding on to the promises of his word. Romans 4, 28 says, yet he did not waver, didn't waver. Abraham didn't waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us commit ourselves to the fruit of the spirit as given to us in the word of God. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Let us commit ourselves to giving our best service to God In all that we do, for when we give God's way, as his word tells us, we will receive in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. If you enjoy this kind of Bible teaching, please join Pastor Rander at Maranatha Bible Church, located in
0: Converse, Texas.